You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ho, 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 ho. It's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Yeah. Oh, my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here's a list of my favorite reindeer. Dasher, Rancher, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Glitzen, and Rudolph. Here on the BetQL Network. Sponsored by BetMGM. <laughs> Good morning and happy holidays. I'm Chelsea Messenger, Bill Rowland, filling in for Jenks today. And uh, if you stick around, we've got a lot going on, including uh, Women of Wagertainment Wednesday. We've got Lucy Bird from BetQL stopping by, as well as Kate Constable. We're going to be looking at some of the, quote, big bowl games. And I had to double check this. There is a bowl game called the 68 Ventures Bowl. I thought our executive producer, Bill Rowland, was trolling me. I was like, there's no way there's a bowl called this. (laughs) But Bill... I can't believe this is a bowl. What a name. This sounds fake. It's so wild. All the, I mean, we had the, what the, the famous toastery bowl filling in for the Bahamas bowl earlier this week. Now we've got the 60 adventures bowl. I mean, they just make up bowl names and give them out. Like, you know, here's a gold star for you. Here's a gold star. You want a bowl game? You get a bowl game. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the holiday cookies you made, you know, yesterday for the mother's day out thing for your kid. Everybody gets a cookie. Everybody gets a bowl game. That's right. Important update to the cookie situation. Uh, Yesterday, I was kind of complaining about the fact that my husband signed me up to make cookies for the school Christmas party. And so this took way longer than I thought. It was way harder than I thought. But they were either all eaten or the teachers just threw them away. Because when we got the Tupperware back, they were all gone. I think there are a lot of things around Christmas that look really easy But when you actually sit down and do them, they are not so easy. Because, Bill, yesterday I tried to wrap presents, and that went Mm. about the same way. (laughs) I am a terrible – I love the gift bag. Gift bag is the way to go. Just bag, tissue paper on the top, put a little label on it, and go. I actually asked my buddy – I saw uh, his daughter last night. Uh, We had a Mason game, so I saw them there. They're season ticket holders. She's, I think, a freshman in high school. So I asked her, I said, you guys are off from school. Are you home tomorrow? I'd like to pay you to wrap the Christmas presents that I have. And she even said, I'm terrible at it. I won't, I, I can't do it. She's like, it would be awful. So now what, Chelsea, what am I going to do? I got to wrap presents. I got nobody to wrap them because I can't do it because I suck at it. 
Well, if it is for adults, I feel like gift bags are a fine option. The only reason okay. we can't do gift bags in our household is because I have a four-year-old. Don't you think she right. would just be like picking through it? Because yes. I very vividly remember when I was little, even when my parents would wrap them, I would tear away at the corners. I'm like, oh my God, is there a mouse in the house? Because you wanted to pee. <laughs> so now like right. she doesn't understand the concept of waiting. I feel like this is the first Christmas where she truly gets it. Like last year, you know, she was three. She got it, but this year she's really upset that she has to wait. So am I okay then to not wrap my girlfriend's gifts and just throw them in a gift bag? Is that, that's okay? Yeah, just get like okay. a nice bow or something or some like ribbon to tie it up because here's what the bougie moms do. Uh, they do like really <laughs> fancy things on top. They'll get like jingle bells or like a flower to put on top or even like oh, a Lord. second present that you put on the card like a second little chocolate or something so it adds a nice touch uh but also it is very over the top but you know if you wanted to go that route you could i, I just want to get the gifts to the house as easily as possible if that means getting them wrapped i'll get them wrapped if it means a gift bag I'll get a gift bag. I don't care. I just They just need to get there. That's all. Here's my stance on presents. And I think I've said this before. I'm not a big, like, gift person. We all have, like, our love languages. Mine's not gift giving. I am going to like or love that person exactly the same, no matter what they get me. It's just, like, a little bonus. So please keep that in mind this holiday season as you are giving people gifts. It should not change your friendship unless maybe you get them a car. Like you've seen those commercials. <laughs> I think I would be livid if my husband rolled up and was like, sweetie, I got you a car. And I'm like, you spent how much money on a car that I did not pick out? This doesn't sound like a good deal for me. Yeah, I, I've always wondered, like, I mean, I get, I know people have that kind of money, but like to put that type of ad like on TV, to show, oh, you should do this. It's usually like Lexus or somebody like that. And you're like, if somebody's going to buy a Lexus, are they really going to do an impulse buy when they're watching like the you know football game on Sunday afternoon? Go like, <laughs> I couldn't think of a present. Perfect. I know what I'll do. I'll go get the Lexus SUV. We'll just put a bow on it, throw it in the front drive. It'll be perfect. Who's doing that? Because isn't that a big ask when somebody gets you a car and then you have to yeah. drive around in it? You know, for the yes. next few years, that seems like a lot. Yes, That's absolutely <laughs> a lot. And even if it's not Christmas time, you know from being married to us, if you guys are going to, if you and Jake are going to buy a car, you're going to go together because it's not going to be, hey, look what I bought. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't like that color. I didn't need this. I didn't need this. We should have got this instead. You don't want to have that conversation for the next five years of car payments. Yeah, so exactly. Keep in mind this holiday season, the gifts are just a ni nice little bonus. Unless you're getting your significant other a car, then please check yourself. All right, it's time to go. check ourselves when it comes to our bets last night. Uh, best bet of the night for me was Samford minus nine and a half at Valparaiso. That was a nice little win. Samford won this one at 79 to 61. I believe that is 10 straight wins for Sanford and Bill I wanted to ask you this because we know you know your college basketball you are the voice of George Mason I feel like my theory in betting college basketball is looking for really good mid-majors 
And sometimes it feels like people don't care about these teams, but I feel like these are the teams to bet on. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. If you can find a good, solid team that's outside of, say, the the big six, throwing the Big East in with the other Power Five conferences, I think absolutely you find a, one of those teams like Sanford, and you didn't even have to sweat this one into the evening. This was an afternoon tip time because it was done, I think, by 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock yesterday afternoon. So, um, yeah, I mean, Sanford's won 10 straight. I think that's now the seventh or eighth best winning streak in college basketball right now. Easy winner for them. Valpo's down this year. Not very good defensively. Uh, and even certainly more on offense, too. I think they're in the top 300, above 300 in offense for Valpo this year. So, yeah, it was a great pick by you. When I saw you make that pick yesterday on the show, I was like, oh, that's great. I love that one. Um, that's what you got to do. You just find teams that are in those leagues that people aren't really paying attention to. And then you ride the hot hand on it, and you can make yourself a pretty good amount of cash doing that. Yeah, I should preface by saying there are no bets that are easy, and I'm sure I will lose some of these as well. But I didn't have to sweat like the people who bet on Michigan and Florida last night. That game going to double overtime. My condolences if you were on Michigan last night. That was a tough way to lose that bet. As for Jenks, it was a tough night on the ice for him had oilers money line as his best bet uh, islanders win that one three one and then he had a lot of exposure on the abs he really needed the abs because he had them outright on the three-way money line against the blackhawks and also in a parlay against uh, or with the bruins uh that was not a winner uh, i'm trying to put this nicely but here's the thing about hockey it almost feels like baseball to where even if you're the worst team in hockey it is very viable that you could win just about any night of the season. Bill, isn't that how hockey is? It's just there's some yeah. volatility since there's not that many goals. Yeah, no doubt. And you get one of those situations where if some if you know if the better team or the expected better team is playing their backup goaltender and the you know the team that's the underdog is playing their starter, there's so many things that go into it. You run into a hot goaltender at some point, all those different things. So yeah, night in and night out. Betting on the Bruins' money line, it's probably going to be a pretty pretty decent bet. But every so often, they're not going to go undefeated. So we know mm-hmm. every so often you're going to run into it. And that's what happened last night. They just ran into it. Same thing with the Avs, losing you know 3-2 to two to the Blackhawks last night. These type of things happen. But night in and night out, Avs, Bruin, money line, parlay, you're probably going to come out you know with a win. All right, so for the week, I am 2-0, and Jinx is 0-4, but college football games on the horizon, so Jinx has plenty of time to get back on the right side. The Donkster, 1-3 after his picks go 0-2 last night. Had the Maple Leafs on the money line, Rangers win that one 5-2, and had the Spurs and Bucks, Bucks minus 16.5, and Bucks only won by 13 points over the lowly Spurs. What a game, 132 119. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Bill Rowland filling in for Jinx today. Let's get into what we saw in the NBA last night because we had the big return of John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies. And boy, was it a debut. Morant's going to get ahead of Steve for a chance to win it in his return. Wins it for the Grizzlies. 
What a return by the Grizzlies superstar. John Morant not only hits the game-winning shot, he had 34 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. If you weren't aware while he uh, why he was missing, he was serving a 25-game suspension, but back in a big way here as the Grizzlies uh, big underdogs in this one. They win it outright as plus 275 dogs over New Orleans. As for New, uh, New Orleans, Brandon Ingram leads all scorers there. 34.6 assists and four rebounds. Bill, I think I need to step back into the hedges like that meme of Homer Simpson saying, oh, John Rant's not going to make that big of a difference for the Grizzlies. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, he was spectacular and led that comeback. What they were down 20, 22 points in this game. And, and even going mm -hmm. into the fourth quarter, they were still down double digits, I think. So great job by him. Look, I mean, we knew what kind of talent he was when he got suspended. He's obviously what makes the Memphis go. So now the question is, Chelsea, looking at them going forward, they kind of got themselves buried at the beginning of the year here because he wasn't playing. Do we have to start rethinking how we look at Memphis again, as you mentioned it, they were plus 275 last night in his return. They get the win outright on the money line. So that's great. Obviously got the, uh, the spread as well in winning outright, but what do we do with Memphis now going forward? Do we trust them just because Jaws back? I'm not so sure because they still don't have a ton of depth. They still have a lot of guys who are injured. Marcus smart is still hurt. Uh, we know Steven Adams isn't going to play for a while. But this is why people are going to give him every single chance because he is that electrifying on the court. Doesn't that feel like the case when somebody's kind of dipping their toe in the waters of being in trouble all the time? Like this is not the first time John Morant has been in trouble. I think the real question mark is, can he keep his nose clean for the rest of the season? Because, you know, the, the pressures and the like what happened like he was playing pickup basketball with a teenager don't you feel like there will be more situations that kind of i don't want to say tempt him but do you get what i'm saying where i think oh, this is the no biggest doubt. question for john rant can he stay clean well yeah not, no doubt and i mean you get what i'm saying it, it was yeah it was not only the the pickup game with the teenager but of course had the, the what was it, the Snapchat or Instagram live or whatever where, you know, he's flashing the gun on the car. That's the thing is it's like you don't need that. You're an NBA superstar. You are worth millions of dollars. You don't need to be the guy that's flashing the gun in the car. You don't need to be the guy who's even carrying the gun. So hopefully he's learned that some of the guys that, you know, everybody likes to hang out with their with their friends from the neighborhood and everything else. And, again, he's still a young kid. Hopefully he's figured out a way to, to separate himself from the people that have been telling him all these years, no, 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 you got to be tough. You got to do this. Even his interview after the game last night, he's talking about, I got that dog in me. I'm that dog. And you're like, come on, man. Just you made the game winner. Can we not go back to this? So I hope he's figured it out for his sake, for the Grizzlies' sake, even for the NBA, because you don't, as a league, you don't want this kind of stuff going on. It's not a good look. Especially because we have seen the swift downfall of the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember when people thought the Grizzlies and the Warriors were going to have like this great rivalry? Because they yeah. had Dylan Brooks, who we know is not on the team, who liked to pester other players. They had really good young core of players. They had John Morant, who looked like he could contend with the superstars in the NBA. 
And then things just kind of went wayward where they got absolutely stomped by the Lakers in the postseason. John Morant's had these issues. It's just sad because I wanted to believe in the Grizzlies as somebody who lives in Tennessee. These are the games I get to watch. Uh, but it is sad to see kind of the slow downfall. But maybe that downfall is what starts their comeback. Uh, we Maybe we'll see more from the Grizzlies moving forward, or at least we'll see the highlights of John Moran, because if you haven't seen them, you do need to watch them. They are very good. Coming back from the break here on the Daily Tab, we'll get into Bowl Madness, the best games on the slate today and this weekend. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Off and running on this Wednesday edition of the Daily Tip. I'm Chelsea Messenger, Bill Rowland, filling in for Jenks today. It is bowl season, and we will look ahead to this weekend's game, including the Gasparilla Bowl, maybe the Birmingham Bowl, maybe the Camellia Bowl. Uh, but, Bill, I don't think I've ever been to a bowl game. I am just realizing this. I have been to a BCS playoff game. But as a fan, I have never been to a bowl game. Have you? Do they do they still count those as bowl games, though? The BCS, or do they just call them semifinal games? Because I thought that was the whole deal, is that they still technically, it was, you know, the national semifinal, but it was at the Rose Bowl or the Fiesta mm-hmm. Bowl. Did they not do that back then when you were when you were at those? Well, it was also I was working it, so it wasn't like I was traveling to see my team. Do you get what I'm gotcha. saying? Okay. Like I covered yeah, Auburn yeah, in the national you. championship uh, when they played in the Rose Bowl, which was awesome. Okay. I think that has to be number one on the places to watch college football games. But as far as NC State, I've never seen a bowl game. But there are people who go every year to see their teams. And I guess it's just a matter of commitment because we always play in Orlando and I've made my case against Orlando. I don't want to go to Orlando. So maybe when NC State plays somewhere other then the worst place on earth, I will happily go. Um, But there are people who go all the time. And I think something that's kind of on the same wavelength is people who go to every single road NFL game. This blows my mind because when people come to Nashville, I know Nashville is kind of like a touristy area. So a lot of people make a case to come to the Titans game and make a trip out of it. But there are people, especially from like the Steelers and the Chiefs and these teams that have really rooted fan bases that go to every single away game. I think to myself, are these people made of money? Do you know anybody like this? I don't know anybody that's that goes to every single road game. I do have a buddy of mine who he's a Washington fan. So he's trying to make it eventually to every stadium in the NFL. So he looks ahead you know, every year and goes, okay, what's the logical place to go this year where the commanders are going to be on the road? So he's doing that, but that's not, he's not like traveling to every road game. He's doing like one a year. Um, So he'll like, you know, maybe try to go to Denver one year, maybe the next year if they're out in Seattle or whatever it may be, he's eventually trying to get to every NFL city. But 
Yeah, I don't know anybody that that's doing that every single week. That is a lot. A, it's a lot of travel. As you said, it's a lot of money, tickets and airfare and everything else. I mean, I don't know. Good, good on you. If that's what you like to do, I guess that's great. But I, I don't think that I would do it. No, I'm not that big of a fan. I don't think of any team. And I think maybe working in the business and like my husband playing professional baseball, maybe it's like jaded me. And you've worked in, you know, college hoops for a long time. Oh, yeah. Do you think yeah. you are that big of a fan of any team to do something like that? No. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I will say there are, and this is weird to me as well, there are a couple of Mason donors, boosters, whatever you want to call them, that do travel to just about every road game. I know there's one guy that, that has like a two-year streak where he hasn't missed a game I think since COVID, home or away, which again is incredible. It must be nice to have that kind of cash to just fly over the country. But no, as as dumb as it sounds, even if I was if if I stopped doing the games, I'd probably still go watch them at home when I could. Maybe you go to the day trips like on a Saturday if they're only a couple hour drive away. You'd go. I don't think I would fly anywhere to watch them play. I, I just. Maybe if they got back in the NCAA tournament, but other than that, no, I'm with you. I don't, there isn't a team professional or college that I would be like, oh, we got to go. We got to travel to all of this. Do you think this is shocking for people that we are clearly very into sports and it is our job, but I almost feel like I'm not like, I love sports, but I am not going to go over the top for like a certain player. Like, do you know what I'm saying? The older I get, the more I realize that they are just people. And it's kind of weird to be like wearing somebody's jersey. Do you ever think about that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I'm I am a 100% not a jersey guy. I have like two. One was given to me, and one is autographed. And those are the only jerseys I have. I don't have the baseball jerseys, basketball, any of that stuff. I'm I'm with you 100% on that. I am not a jersey guy at all. So it's just weird to me to wear somebody else's name on your back. I don't I don't get it. I mean. <laughs> We're, it we're feels like we're single-handedly alienating all of our I, fan base I'm, here. So I'm we sure, don't look, get it. Sports? What's the big deal? <laughs> I, I just don't I, – I guess my thing is, especially I feel bad for – like when, when I was growing up, and, and Jinx is, is about the same age, and David Dykstra, Double D, our, our uh, audio producer as well, all about the same age. When we were growing up, a lot of times uh, if you had a player – that you really liked on whatever team it was, there was a good chance if he was a star player, he probably wasn't going to play for anybody else or any meaningful mm -hmm. seasons for another team. That, you know, a guy like, for me, I grew up a Red Sox fan. Jim Rice never played for anybody else other than the Boston Red Sox. Carl Uskrimski never played for anybody else other than the Boston Red Sox. So if you did get their jersey, it was going to be okay. I felt horrible. For the kids living here in D.C., when Bryce Harper left and Trey Turner left, I understood it because I'm an adult and I get it's a business, but 
there were so many kids that were devastated, Chelsea. I mean, devastated that their hero just left because it was a million dollars of more to go play in Philadelphia or a guy gets traded to L.A. And a seven or eight-year-old kid doesn't necessarily understand that. I feel bad for them that they don't, they just don't seem to have those type of players anymore. Like kids in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers leaves and goes to the Jets. How many of those kids are devastated because he decided to leave? It sucks. Well, also, uniforms are not cheap. Like, imagine spending a <laughs> right, right. hundred bucks on a uniform only to be like, well, he's not with the team anymore. Like, my daughter still has a Christian McCaffrey Panthers uniform that best believe she's still wearing. I'm not buying another (laughs) 3T uniform for the damn Carolina Panthers because my husband's a Panthers fan. Bless his heart. Uh, So we're going to keep the Christian McCaffrey uniform for a while. Plus, he's a good player. Like, who cares? She's four. Like, nobody's going to bother about it. But let's maybe not alienate our fan base anymore. And let's (laughs) handicap some of these games. Because we should say, we do love sports. I just don't really put the athletes on a pedestal that I feel like some people do. Uh, But, Bill, I want to ask you about this one first. I wanted to make sure we had enough time to talk about it. Because I feel like in bowl season, there are so many landmines. Whether it's motivation, whether it's guys entering the transfer portal... And just not knowing who's actually going to play in some of these games. But when you look at this JMU and Air Force game, I feel like some of that is thrown by the wayside. Because number one, it looks like both of these teams should be motivated. Number one, you will never lack motivation from a team that is in the armed forces. So clearly, the Air Force will be motivated. Those guys are not opting out. And then you look at JMU, who had to make a big stink to even be in a bowl game because... You know, the the deal with them crossing over to what divisions? What would you even call that? Yeah. Like Yeah, they went for they went from FCS, the football championship series, mm-hmm. I guess they call it, to to the FBS. FBS. So yeah, I mean they're that's that was the move up and when when you do that you have so many years, things two or three, whatever it is, where mm-hmm. you're ineligible to win your conference championship, you're ineligible to be in one of the major bowls or anything like that. So they got in because there ended up being a shortage of teams that were able to play in bowl games this year. So good on them. And they're right down the road. I'm very familiar with JMU. They're only about an hour and a half, two hours away from us here in the D.C. area. So a lot of kids locally go to JMU and play. Uh, A lot of kids locally go to JMU just for school. So we get a lot of their coverage. They're having a fantastic year. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this because JMU is a pretty good defensive team. And you know Air Force is just going to run the ball because that's what Air Force does. Now, Falcons kind of stumbled down the stretch of their season. They were really good at the beginning of the year, even talking about, hey, maybe they would sneak sneak in and be you know one of the big six bowl games on New Year's Day. Didn't happen as they stumbled down the stretch. So I kind of like JMU minus the two and a half in this one. I think Air Force is good, but they just, for whatever reason, couldn't put it together down the stretch, had some turnover issues late. Uh, in the season. So I like JMU in this one. Yeah, I do as well, especially at a short number, even though I am a little nervous because I think every single bowl game we've seen thus far has had some element of chaos. I don't know if it's like the time off or what, but I feel very nervous giving aside on any of these games, but let's look at some of the rest of them. Cause I do like JMU there. Uh, that's the one I feel like kind of good about 
But again, a lot of these have some landmines that you really need to be aware of. Uh, let's start with today's game, Boca Raton Bowl in Boca Raton, Florida. We've got South Florida taking on Syracuse. Syracuse, three-point favorites here and a total of 56 and a half. Now, here are some of the factors that you need to be aware of uh, for Syracuse. They are still waiting for their new head coach to take over. Their starting quarterback is in the portal. So, Bill, does this sound like a team that you want to lay three points with? No, especially when, I mean, I guess South Florida is kind of the de facto home team because this is being played in Boca Raton. I'm surprised it's an 8 p.m. kickoff. That seems kind of late for that early bird crowd. Usually they would want to, you know, maybe some of the older people might want that kickoff move back a little bit so they can actually go to the game. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't trust Syracuse at all. I remember early in the year they had, I want to say maybe Clemson coming to town. Mm-hmm. And we were all looking at it and being like, oh, I mean, Syracuse has been feisty. They're 4-0. They hadn't really played anybody. And I think it was Clemson that went in there and absolutely destroyed them. They're good mm-hmm. against bad teams. They're not good against better, decent competition. I would put South Florida into the better, decent competition. I'd probably even forget even the field goal. I would just take South Florida on the money line, get that plus 120. You know me, Chelsea. I'm always looking for the plus money thing. So um, I'd take South Florida in this one just because I don't trust Syracuse. I'm not sure why the line has gone up, but I'd be on the Bulls tonight. Syracuse has not been good against or tomorrow, the spread. Um, um, oh, yeah, today's Wednesday. It's tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I thought it yeah. was. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's that time I'm, of I'm year it where was. it feels like nobody knows what day of the week it is. You know, the Christmas no season, doubt. especially after Christmas. That's when that really settles in. Uh, but if you look at Syracuse, they have not been good at covering the number. Two and six against the spread in their last eight. And I think that's the the thing is if you're taking a favorite, especially at a field goal, yeah, I guess it's a small number. But still, that's a team you want to trust. And Syracuse has not looked very trustworthy down the stretch so we'll go with usf there even though it's definitely not something i would put the house on bill when you see the rest of these games was there any other game that kind of caught you uh caught your eye i know you were kind of thrust in this situation of filling in here so please pass the ball back to me if there's none you like yeah no i I think i think saturday the birmingham bowl um troy and duke is an interesting game Obviously, Duke, their head coach, left and went to Texas A&M. Their quarterback, Riley Leonard, uh, left and is now at Notre Dame. So they've lost two major things for them. That's why you see Troy up now to seven and a half. Um, I like the Trojans in this one. I, I'm i going to do a, a jinx thing here because he always loves kind of buying the number down. I might push mm-hmm. it back down to seven just so you don't get beat by that hook late. Um, but I like... I like Troy in that one. Again, they're, you know, as Jinx has put here in his notes that we get to read off of, and I thank him for doing that. They're playing at home, basically. They're in their home state. I think Duke is it was a mess. If you watch them late in the year when Riley Leonard was hurt, they had a trouble moving the football. Troy's defense is pretty good. I would take Troy in this one. Maybe try to get this line down to seven rather than the seven and a half. Here's what makes me think twice. Is some of these games where we've said, okay, this team is down to their third starting quarterback, we'll see him make it a game regardless. Like, I am so lost on some of these games. But one thing I did notice when looking at some of these totals, don't some of these seem really low? Like, 44.5 in a college game, 
that's really low. And 41 for JMU and Air Force. We know Air Force is a service academy, so they're going to run the ball. So I think that one kind of makes sense. The other total I was looking at, and it was really low, but still these two teams squaring off, Utah and Northwestern, doesn't that mm. smell like an under to most people? You see this Utah defense, it's been great all season long. Northwestern, kind of a team that plays Big Ten style of football and not in the good connotation of that. So 41 and a half, would you have the courage to play an under here? 41 and a half? Seems really low, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, and I was not involved, so it's even right. low for that. If it was Iowa, we'd be all over it, of course. It would probably be 21 and a half if I were involved in this. Yeah, it does seem low. Utah's one of those teams that if they're on, they can score a ton of points. They just are so inconsistent. And you again, you'd have to read up on opt-outs and everything else. I wouldn't trust it. A lot of these, quite honestly, Chelsea, as you said, they're stayaways. Yeah, I'll probably bet on them just for fun, but I'm not going to give out any locks for both season because it has not seemed that way so far. All right, coming up after the break, maybe we can find some good plays in the NFL. We'll give it our best. That's next on The Daily Tip. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Back on a Wednesday, I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Bill Rowland, filling in for Jenks today. In just a few minutes, we'll go over some of the top games in the NFL. In case you're busy Christmas shopping or doing something and you don't have time to do the research. That's what we're here for. We're doing the homework for you. We're giving you all the cliff notes on all of the best games. So you can make your own bets and informed bets if that's what you choose. Bill, we were just talking about the transfer portal and how, what did you say? Over 1,500 kids have already entered the portal. And this is what I think of. Like my mind immediately went to this place because it's the holidays and because this is the time of year where relatives ask you like the most personal and like, you know, questions that normally have complicated answers. Can you imagine these kids at Christmas where their their Nana's like, where are you going to school next year? And he's like, I don't know. Whoever gives me the most money. Well, are you sure they're going to give you money? What if you don't have a school that likes you? I'll figure it out. How many kids are asked or answering these type of questions right now? Because I feel like it's a lot. Like imagining explaining the transfer portal to your Nana. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's probably the hardest thing is explaining <laughs> to, to Nana how you have to go in. And what what is this portal that you're going into? I mean, they're going to take that literally and be like, wait a minute, you have to go where? It's like, no, Grandma. I just, I just had to sign a little paperwork. So now I'm kind of like a free Is it like agent. The I can blood go wherever I want. Machine at Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, th those are th those are tough conversations, especially. I mean, we were talking about during the break. It was fifty over fifteen hundred kids. That was two weeks ago. That was back on December eighth. So just about two weeks ago, and a lot of those kids won't find places to end up for whatever reason, for a variety of reasons. 
We hear about the top guys like we were just talking about last segment, you know, Riley Leonard going from Duke to Notre Dame. We hear about all of those things. We don't hear about the, you know, third string linebacker that decided to leave from, you know, I don't know, coastal Carolina thinking he can go somewhere else and then has nowhere else to go and ends up not anywhere. And th- those are the kids you feel bad for. Everybody thought, you know, here's about the millions of dollars that these quarterbacks are making. What is it that Matt Rule said? Uh, uh, a QB one is two million dollars now in this day and age of the, you know, of, of NIL. Well, that's great for that quarterback, but the the offensive linemen or these other guys, they're not getting that money. In a lot of cases, don't end up at a, at a better school or in a better situation. You see it all the time in both football and basketball. Right. It's a risky situation now that this is almost treated like free agency, where especially these kids, I would imagine, don't have agents, right? Or maybe they do. I have no idea how that works now. Do they have yeah, agents? Yeah, some of them. Or is it yeah, you, you can. Yeah, you can have representatives and that kind of thing. So, yeah, technically, I guess they're not full on agents, but you could certainly have advisors and, and that going on. So, yeah, a lot of these guys will have people that will help them kind of, you know, navigate these waters. But those, again, are the top players that have mm-hmm. that. The guy who's the backup center at a, you know, group of six school, it's probably not going to have an advisor or an agent like the guys who are the big-time ones that are transferring from Texas A&M to Alabama or whatever it is. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I don't think the agents are jumping at the chance for, like, a backup linebacker to get $1,500 from, like, Miami no. of Ohio. Like, no offense, no. it's probably not something that the agent wants to do. I was thinking, what was the Ohio State quarterback, Kyle McCord? Can you imagine, mm-hmm. like, the conversation with all of his relatives that are like, Kyle, man, we bought all this Ohio State stuff, and now we got to <laughs> switch it to Syracuse? What are we doing? I really like the way I look in red. You have to wear orange? Yeah, well, just like we were talking about with the professional athletes leaving, it's another jersey you got to buy, and jerseys aren't cheap. So I'm with you. Right. They got to get all new merch. Maybe that's what he has to buy with his NIL money as all of his relatives. There some you go. orange gear, which he will be getting some money because he is a QB1. All right, how about making ourselves some money? Let's look to the NFL and see if we can do just that. Let's look at some of the top games in the NFL, and we do have some good ones, especially on Christmas. Christmas night, we have Ravens and Niners, a possible Super Bowl preview where the Niners are five-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 46-and-a-half. This is up from 46, so clearly some money flowing in on the over. I know a lot of people will be fighting their families to watch this game, uh, and I will be one of those people because this is a good one. If you think it's going to be a good game, Would you not take the Ravens plus five and a half? It's wild to me the narrative that is surrounding the Ravens this year. And I feel like it's just no narrative. It feels like nobody's talking about the Ravens. For a team that looks like they're at the top of the AFC, I feel like we haven't heard a ton about a team that has a former MVP that seems to be cruising. And when they win games, they're absolutely beating the brakes off some pretty good teams. Like, we also saw that Lions game. Like, I am not insinuating that they're going to beat the brakes off the Niners. I'm just saying, sometimes you can look at the narratives and say, okay, is this reflected in the market? And I feel like it's kind of reflected in this number, the fact that the Ravens are getting five and a half points. 
Yeah, what was it? The 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 stat that PJ Glasser came on with us yesterday is a big Baltimore oh, I guy. Wrote these said, down. What Lamar Jackson nineteen and one against the NFC in his career. I mean, that's that's tough to ignore because you're not talking about oh well he got to play you know the NFC South and he went four and zero one season. This is nineteen and one over the course of however many years he's been in the league. So obviously teams in the NFC haven't figured him out yet for whatever reason. I kind of like the Ravens plus the five and a half. Uh, again, I think you're right, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I think people are kind of ignoring what Baltimore has done. A lot of the talk has been about the Dolphins because of that high-powered offense. They dropped 70 against Denver, and they're going to win the AFC East and all these things. And now people are talking about how good Buffalo is playing here as of late, although they st- still need help. Even if they went out, they need help to get into the playoffs. And we've been talking about Kansas City, yes, because of Kelsey and Taylor Swift, but also because, obviously, they've been kind of dominating the AFCs of late, and they're down a little bit this year. So I think in all of those narratives, there's only so much space for people to talk about the best teams, and Baltimore just hasn't found their way to that space yet. They go out to San Francisco and win this game, people are going to be talking about Baltimore. Oh, for sure. And this is a big game for the MVP discussion as well. Uh, Because Lamar Jackson has been hanging around. I don't have the odds in front of me, but I believe he's probably like five to one, six to one, something like that to win MVP. Again, not getting a ton of credit. But the big discussion is on the 49ers. If Brock Purdy is the best player on his team. But that is not actually the same discussion as winning the MVP. Because it feels like the voters always give the slight nod to the quarterback. And people are saying, oh, well, Christian McCaffrey's having a great season. He is. And I would tend to agree with you. I'm not a voter, though. And when you look at the past history of position players trying to win the MVP, um, Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards, did not win the MVP. Cooper Cup won the triple crown of receiving, did not win the MVP. Although I would say this year, more than other years, it feels like there is not a quarterback running away with it. But I think you look at every single stat for Brock Purdy and you say, okay, why do we continue not giving him credit. And I get he has a lot of good players on his team, but we have not punished other MVPs for that fact in the past. So uh, we'll see how Brock Purdy performs here. Bill, do you think that we're due for a Brock Purdy regression game? Like we keep waiting for it to happen. And the only time it's happened is when Trent Williams was gone and Debo Samuel was gone and Christian McCaffrey was gone. Like when you have your best offensive lineman gone, any quarterback is going to look noticeably worse, especially when it's Trent Williams. Do we expect, you know, any kind of regression from Brock Purdy in this game against the Ravens? Yeah, you know, you make a great point because when you look at Jalen Hurts and when Lane Johnson isn't there for the Eagles, he doesn't look as good as he normally does, but people uh, don't necessarily take anything away from him like they do with Brock Purdy as a bad game. And you go, well, Trent Williams wasn't there. And people go, well, but still. Brock Purdy didn't have a good game. It's like, hey, relax. All right? He's missing weapons. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think if the Ravens go in and win, then the numbers shorten up dramatically between Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. And, you know, look, it, whoever has the better game, maybe in the Dallas-Miami matchup, whether it's Tua or Dak, maybe they also shorten up their MVP odds as well. So, Yeah, I think it's funny because we just had the graphic up here on the screen. And for those of you that are listening, we'll walk kind of through it. Brock Purdy earlier in the week, and you sent this quote to me, Chelsea, after the game, 
that he said, look, Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. He's the guy that leads us. That's the MVP to me. And at the time, McCaffrey was like plus 14, 16, 1800, something like that. He's now down to plus 700. So if anybody is moving moving these lines, it's Brock Purdy, apparently. When he talks, people are listening because McCaffrey's now at just 7-1. to one. Might not be a bad value to make that pick because if the guy who is the betting favorite is telling you he's not the MVP, maybe we should listen to him. I think you're right, but I'm not sure if people will. I think some people say, oh, man, what a team guy. That's what your quarterback needs to be. Somebody who is always passing out the credit, even though he deserves some of the credit himself. But we do need to talk about quickly the Texans and Browns game because we did get an update as far as the quarterback situation is concerned. Looks like it's going to be Case Keenum starting for the second straight game. As it appears, C.J. Stroud is going to remain in concussion uh, protocol. Uh, That is what we are hearing as of now. Um, Obviously, things can change. But I think this is tied into the line. As the Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, Bill, remind me, wasn't this line different just yesterday? Because I feel like the Browns were my teaser. Yeah, I think you're right. And the totals dropped a couple of points as well from where it was. And I think that has to do with C.J. Stroud again, uh, possibly mm-hmm. not playing because he's in concussion protocol. I I like the Browns, although I, I hate trusting them on the road. And Flacco throwing three mm-hmm. picks last week kind of looked like old Joe instead of the elite Joe Flacco when he was with the Ravens. Uh, I, I'd still lean to the Browns on this one. I just think that the, overall they're the better team. Yeah, the Texans got away with one against my Titans, and I'm sad about it. But I didn't think they looked that great. All right, top of the hour. Next on the Daily Tip, read and react time. Examining the top narratives in the NFL, if they should be narratives, and if we should be changing them. That's next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.